Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the Nahum Siegel Network. The world of technology can be somewhat daunting, especially for those of us who've been shy about venturing out into the tech world, feeling ill-equipped to handle its nuances and complexities. We finally feel comfortable in the world of computers. Yes, we know about software, hardware, flash drives, and wireless printers, but now we are faced with the ever-growing market of smartphones. Smartphones are scary for some, fun for others, distracting and exhilarating all at the same time. They've brought the need for instant information and have brought it to our fingertips. And along with that, a whole new world of protocols, etiquette, if you will, about how and when it is appropriate to use your smartphone. And looking at one smartphone can kind of be like looking at someone's playlist or, in archaic terms, checking out the books in one's home library. The apps on the phone, the font, the calendar, they're all a view into the person who calls themselves the owner. What can you do to enhance your smartphone experience? Don't have one? Thinking about getting one but are too afraid to venture out there? The world of apps is amazing and one you'll hear about today in our discussion with Barry Schwartz, founder of Rusty Brick. Barry will talk about apps that can change the way you go about your daily life and Barry will also enlighten us about some great Jewish software programs out there, and we'll give us some great gift ideas for your wife or mother this Mother's Day. And later on in the program, Natanel Hirschdick will be here to talk about his new Kids Sitter app, a discussion you won't want to miss. But first, Barry Schwartz is the CEO of Rusty Brick, a New York web service firm specializing in customized online technology that helps companies decrease costs and increase sales. Rusty Brick sells custom web software, including advanced e-commerce, custom content management systems, social networking sites, CRM applications, custom web-based business software, iPhone applications, and much more. Have I lost you yet? Well, he's our resident expert this afternoon. Barry, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So how has the smartphone changed the world of technology? Um, I think for many, it's completely changed how they act on a day-to-day basis. Um, It's become their companion to what they do it's always with them and it basically changes a lot of their day-to-day activities from obviously the jewish world to business and family and for the most part the smartphone has become the new rolodex the new family uh, activities planner the new keep it all in one place so i know where i'm going next exactly so we are with the family you need to you know go visit somebody you know you want to check you know see the grandparents whatever it might be you plug in the address, you get directions to go to them, you can take pictures while you're there, email your, your family the pictures, upload them to Facebook, upload them to your social network, or just, you know, store them on your phone themselves. Um, yeah, so it's pretty amazing. Yeah. What does your company do in this area? So we do two things. One is we build out apps uh, that we distribute under the Rusty Brick name to the Jewish community, from the daily prayer book to children education apps. Well, and we also build out apps for third-party companies. So we'll build, we built out the Artscroll app. We built out apps for MTV, for Harvard, for Yale. So we've done a lot of different apps also for third parties, um, either educational apps or just promotion apps for their business. What's involved in creating an app or, as you call it, building out an app? So there's a few processes. There's a process, obviously. We have to understand what functionality you want, um, how you want the app to function, what you want it to do, what its purpose is. After we get that down, we build out this, basically wireframe or design documents 
showing you how the actual app will look and feel either on an iPad, iPhone, Android device, or whatever device you're building it for. And then once you approve those designs, then we actually code up the app so that it actually functions on a real device. You can play with it, and then obviously we submit that to Google Play Store or the Apple iTunes Store. Have you ever had an idea brought to you for an app that you were like, that's not possible, we can't do that? Or, or do you feel like anything's possible in the app world? So most things are possible. This guy called me today. Uh, I don't, I'll, I'll share the idea because it is technically impossible. He's like, I want an app that basically tells you exactly how much that person weighs by just doing nothing. I'm like, do you want the person to step on the phone? Do you want the person <laughs> to uh, you know, take a picture? No, it should just know by being in the guy's proximity or whatever. I'm like, we can make a joke app that does it that's not real. He's like, no, it has to be exact to the millisecond. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, that can't be done. But right. most realistic things that where people understand how apps work and how phones work, most of that stuff can be done. There are some restrictions, obviously, like and things that are not possible, but there are, are definitely are some restrictions that Apple And would have. you say that apps are, are the wave of the future? They're definitely right. I don't think they're the wave of the future. I think they're now. They're uh, now. I mean, what's going to happen in, you know, I'm getting a pair of Google Glass, the new glass that you put, glasses that you put on your on your face that basically have embedded stuff right in your eye. So if you're looking at, you know, you want directions, it's right in your eye. If you're, you know, talking to somebody, you get information about them. It's basically you have apps embedded in your eye without. Touching. In your eye? Yeah, it's called Google Glass. You could Google it. Like a contact lens? It's kind of like a, it's, just, it's more of like glasses, but one lens on top of your eye. Um, so it's basically embedded right in. So it's not. It's having a smartphone, but in one of your eyes. That's a little creepy, no? It's creepy, but it's cool <laughs> and it's useful. Um, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna basically be a phone in your eye, so you don't have to touch anything. And that's probably more the future. Right now, everybody has. If you have a smartphone, you have, you have like an iPhone or Android phone, you have apps and you're using it. So that's like I don't think it's the future. I think it's now. Uh, maybe in 10 years, it will be embedded technology into your head, whatever it might be. That's crazy. I mean, you have to be really, really good at multitasking to walk around with basically a phone in your eye. Um, well, I mean, you see. I how mean, how do you drive. cross the street? You're you're busy reading an email. Well, you see how people drive right now with um, you know, their cell phones and they're all over the place. Totally. Some people say they're really good at driving while texting. No, I can tell who's on their phone while they're texting while they drive because they're the ones that are driving really slowly. Right. So it's just going to get more embedded. So I mean, hopefully, and these cars these days have head-ups, what's called HUD displays, head-up displays, which overlay um, information about your commute, um, traffic weather right on the actual dashboard. So imagine that. That's what it's pretty much going to look like. It's going to be transparent overlay on top of what you're looking at, give you some additional contextual information on what you're doing. So this is really like the Jetsons coming to life. That's how I'm envisioning it. You're going to sit in a car, and the information is just going to be all around you. Pretty much, yeah. That, that's very cool. That's very cool. So, so you build out these apps, and um, how do you go from idea to concept and, and then see that come through? All right, so our first app, we built the Sitter app. And I always want I had the original iPhone. It didn't allow any third-party apps on the original iPhone. Then Apple announced, Steve Jobs announced, basically, we want third-party developers, like any, any company, to be able to build any app on the, on the device. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I talked to my team, like, why can't we build a Sitter, a prayer book, that basically knows what day it is, what time it is, where you are, and be, will be able to customize the Sitter, the text of the Sitter, based on the day, the time, what, what type of Jew you are, stuff like that show you the closest minion to you, give you the localized modem so you know when you could daven certain things, um, embed the mishabayarks right into the davenings for you, and even, like, you know, let people daven for each other, a social community of people using Rafainu. So we built out this app that basically does all that, plus a lot more, um, based off the idea of 
the phone knows where you are, what time it is, and all this information. It's, it's, it's basically smart enough, it's called a smart sitter, smart enough to actually show you what you need to say for that day. So that was like the first concept we have when we built it, and we've been updating it for the past couple of years, and it's one of the most popular apps for Jewish apps in the market. But other things like, you know, kosher restaurant finders, finding the, you know, the closest kosher restaurant to you, a Hebrew translator, and apps like that you might not think are so useful, like we have a a chametz app that basically helps you go through the process of selling your chametz, you know, searching for your chametz, burning your chametz, all the brachas and zmanim and all those features in there. We have apps like, you know, help you learn to read the Torah, like for a bar mitzvah boy. And we have apps that, um, you know, teach kids the alphabet and the bedtime shema. Wow. So, have, so there's a lot of ideas that you could think of, and we have tons of ideas that we're working on. Something um, like the Hebrew Translator app. Can you say a word? Like, can you talk to your phone and say a word, like say in Hebrew, and it'll say it back to you in English? So Google Translator app added that. We don't have that on ours, but if you download the Google Translate, Translate app, it actually will read it back to you in Hebrew. So you can pretty much talk to it, and it'll talk back to you. And how do you keep track of, I guess you keep track of it through the App Store? Like how, when you say how many people have your Sitter app, you keep track of that through the App Store? So Apple developers get a list of, not of who downloaded it, but the number of downloads they get per day how much money they made, if it was free or paid. So Apple gives that list. Um, it doesn't give you a list of who actually downloaded it, although Google if you, if you, Google does give you a list of who actually downloaded it. So I remember, like, when Palm Pilots were the hottest rage and when the first sitter, I think it was benching, actually, that came out first on the Palm Pilot or whatever, and you'd see people walking around holding their Palm Pilots, benching from their Palm Pilots or davening from their Palm Pilots, and it was kind of a bizarre scene. Do you see that as like the wave of the future? You're going to go to shul and you're going to see people using their smartphones instead of a sitter? Yeah, for sure. I even see that today. I, I personally use my smartphone every day except for Shabbos, Davin, Shabbos, and Mars um, in shul. I, see, I walk into random shuls and I see people using iPads even. Um, obviously, Android phones, iPhones, Davin. Um, I don't think people are giving them weird looks anymore. It used to be like a few years ago, people used to give them a weird look. Why are you checking email? You know, who are you talking to? Who are you texting while you're davening? But now people assume that if you're using a phone while davening Shimon Esrei, that you actually are davening. You're not texting and stuff like that. Yeah, but you have to have enough self-control not to answer the email that pop, that pops in in the middle of your Shimon Esrei, to ignore the phone call that comes in while you're in your Shimon Esrei. That, that takes a lot of self-control. Right, so that's one of the restrictions I was talking about before. Apple does not let us, you know, say you cannot get phone calls or emails while you're using an app. You have to actually go to the settings and say, please do not disturb me. You can't turn it on when you use an app, but Google right. allows us with Android to actually say, if you open the app, there could be a setting that the user says, I don't want disturbing emails or phone calls to come through while I'm using the app. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And so you're finding, like, more and more people are, are going to their phones when they – you know, even you don't want to schlep a lot of things around with you. You don't want to schlep around a sitter with you. You don't want to whatever. You feel like people are going to their phones to do that. Definitely. And the best case scenario is, is Dafyomi um, with the Art Scroll app. If you can take a small little phone with you, have the whole entire Art Scroll shop on your phone, and not have to schl- uh, slug around, you know, huge Art Scroll volumes with you on a business trip or to work every day. It's all on your phone, tablet, or whatever it might be. That's so cool. So what do you say to people who are resisting getting a smartphone? They're afraid of the technology. I mean, I know I what drew me to, to my smartphone was I saw a commercial on TV for this guy who was some famous actor who's like walking around his house going, please remind me to clean up tomorrow. And then it went boom, 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 and it sets up the reminder. And I was like, I need that. I need to talk to the phone to tell me what to do tomorrow. 
because I just, you know, I was like full of papers, full of lists, and I was like, I need to streamline it. I need to put it all in one place, and I would love to be able to talk to it. That's what sort of drew me to 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 a smartphone. Um, but it is a little scary, you know. You get these when you say the phone could track where you are, and you get these notifications, and you get these these questions: Do you want to allow this? Do you want to allow that? And if you're not like so on top of your privacy settings and this and that, like it could be a little bit of a scary world. So what do you say to people who don't want to venture into the smartphone world? Right. So there's obviously the privacy concern, and there's also, you know, how do I do or how do I start using a smartphone? I'm not tech-savvy enough. Um, with iPhone, Apple, I mean, on, this, on the tech-savvy enough thing, Apple typically makes things very, very easy and streamlined. I've seen, you know, one-year-olds, two-year-olds pick up the iPhone or iPad and start using it. Right. Just, you know, I'm sure you've seen it too. Yeah. Android is a little bit more complicated. So if you are very nervous about, you know, picking up new technology just because it might be too hard, I would probably start with an iPhone. Mm-hmm. On the privacy part, um, that, I mean, they, they're all set. Their settings to override, you know, I don't want to receive notifications. I don't want this app to track me. And you could do it on an app-by-app app basis or you could do it on a global basis saying I'm turning off all you know, locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody was complaining that the kosher restaurant finder wasn't working. I'm like, well, the reason this is not working is because you just allowed us to know your location. If we don't uh-huh. know your location, how right. can we tell you what the closest kosher restaurant is? <laughs> right. Um, so there's a there's a privacy, you know, there's a pros and cons to, you know, using these apps. Obviously, there's a great, great benefit in terms of convenience and, and giving people information if we know certain information about where they are. Like, you know, obviously your location, we could show you closest minion to you, the closest uh, restaurant to you, and stuff like that. But if you don't share that information not going to help you right so you gotta you gotta trust obviously the developer that has your information and you got to trust apple or or google with that information right and then uh, so let's say the minion one you're you're walking around you want to find the closest minion what's the app that shows you where the closest minion is so the app is a part, it's part of our sitter it's just built into it mm-hmm. it just shows you based on your location what the closest minion to you it shows you their address you know the times of the, of, of the minion on them and stuff like that and how do uh, you keep it updated so we partner with a website called Godavin.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godavin is... Um, They've been a popular web- website for a while. It's been a popular website for a while, um, and we feed them updates. They feed us updates. So we have an integration uh, mechanism to communicate changes back and forth. We're talking to Barry Schwartz of Rusty Brick, and he's enlightening us to all the amazing things that you can do today with your smartphone and your and, and the various apps that you can put on there. So you told us, Barry, about the Sitter's Modem and Minion iPhone app. That's an app that your company developed. What What is the Shabbat iPhone app? That's a free app that um, is used by... We like, like free. Yeah, that's yeah, we do, Jews do like free. Um, hundreds, probably hundreds of thousands of different users across the world. It basically tells you in any location in the world what time does Shabbat start and end in that location. Which would be very helpful for travelers. It's helpful for travelers. I received a lot of emails from non-Jewish people saying, "This is great. I can. I know when I could call my lawyer right after Shabbos. I know <laughs> when I could, uh, you know, speak to my doctor who's Jewish." I, you know, right. Basis. So I've received a lot of those emails as well. And uh, what's the Shabbos alarm clock? So that you know, you have an alarm clock in your room, and it never shuts off by itself. Right. Um, this alarm clock will go off at several times throughout the day, based on what you set it, and it will shut off after a certain time preference. You can set, you know, sixty, you know, twenty seconds, 60, whatever the time pattern is, and it'll shut off by itself. That's very cool. That's very helpful for Shabbos when you can't otherwise turn off your alarm. Right. That's pretty cool. So that's um, that that's a very very useful app. And because um, I'm just looking here at the list of, of apps that you have on the iPhone, um, what is the Torah iPad app? 
the Tor iPad app was honestly it was just we just built it as a gimmick kind of. It basically shows the Torah, you know, as you would read it from a Torah scroll. Um, but the Tikkun, which is the enhanced version of it, actually lets you toggle between having um, the Trump and, and the Nikud in the actual text. So it's basically a Tikkun, lets you record yourself, lets you listen to professional Balkoris reading it to you, and you can actually send the recordings to your teachers, your Bar Mitzvah teachers, to let them critique you and stuff like that. So Tikkun is more, more of a Torah app, but the Tikkun is really something that kids could use uh, to learn how to learn from the Torah and share with the bar mitzvah teachers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, how do the bar mitzvah teachers feel about those kind of things? You know, some bar mitzvah teachers are very particular about the way they they like to teach the uh, the trap to the bar mitzvah boys. What, what's been the reaction from the teachers? Um, so, uh, the reaction from the teachers is, one, it's, it's a great tool, um, obviously, but at the same time, some say um, they they want to upload their own recordings so they could upload their own voice and let the students learn from their own voice. And there's a way to do that in the app. So they so can practice like, when they're not with you. Exactly. You hope they can practice. Maybe they should put a thing on the app that shows you when they've practiced. That would be a good so idea. So the bar mitzvah teacher could track the progress of the, of the bar mitzvah boy. Right. So technically, there's a way for the bar mitzvah student to actually record it, timestamps it, so they know when they actually did the recording. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of in there. So for those of us who have not ventured into the smartphone world yet, we're definitely convincing people to get on board. Would you definitely say that these Jewish apps, and I see here that there are some apps that you, that you have built that are not necessarily Jewish apps that could definitely enhance your life, like the parking meter app, which will, what, I guess remind you when your parking meter is up? Pretty much, yeah. Um, but would you say that these are things that could definitely enhance your Jewish daily life? 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that the, having these apps on your device, uh, on, your, on your smartphone, could definitely help and aid you in your Jewish, you know, way of life. And if you don't have a smartphone, what are some other products that you know that are out there that could do similar kinds of things for your Jewish daily life if you're at a computer? Let's say some software or something that's out there. Right. So there's tons of websites out there uh, for, you know, learning and for just using it as an aid. Um, personally, I'm a big fan of godavin.com. If you need to find a minion, you know, you're traveling to Seattle or some lo- uh, location, you want to find the closest minion to you, what those times are, it would show you a listing of uh, minionum. Yeah, and you know what's very helpful about Godavin also, because I've, I've used this, when you are interested in going away for Shabbos, let's say, and you find a cheap hotel, you can sort of cross-reference the zip codes from the hotel that you're in, and you can put them into Godavin, and you can search by zip code too, so you can... You can cross-reference that based on the exact location where you, where you want to be. Exactly, right. So it shows you on the map, too. It'll show you how far it is and how to get there, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is the shamash.org, and there's various different uh, kosher restaurant databases out there that help you find kosher restaurants. Um, and another favorite one of mine is if people say, I don't have the Sitter app, how do I get um, a calendar of my yard sites? on my on my on my uh, calendar on my desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, so our sitter app has a way for you to enter in all your yard sites in English or Hebrew and it automatically tells you the Hebrew obviously equivalent year by year because that changes obviously it's not the Hebrew dates don't work necessarily in coordination with the English dates. So Hebcal, which dot com is a great calendar that not just shows you what time Shabbos is and what the holidays are, but you can actually add your yard sites, your birthdays, your Hebrew birthdays and stuff like that to the calendar. And it would actually remind you when, you're, uh, when your next year site is or when your wife's birthday is, your husband's birthday is. And it's very useful because, obviously, it does a conversion of the English date to the Hebrew date for you. Right. And I, I actually also have used HebCal. And I think, um, you know, I was a little nervous about using it at the beginning because it, it is, 
you do have to sit down and learn how to use it and input all the information that you want to input in there. But I think after you take the time to learn how to use it and put the information in, then it's just like easy. Correct. Right. So once you put it in, it just does it. It runs by itself. So once you put the the, the dates of the earth site in, it automatically will tell you going forward what what the actual dates are, uh, which is which is obviously useful. So if you spend like five, ten, fifteen minutes, you know, setting it up, it will definitely be useful to you. And then you can set a reminder too. Uh, Do you I want believe, to be reminded like a day before? I'm not sure if it has that setting. It might. I, I haven't looked. But that you can do on your phone once your HeapCal is synced with your phone. Then you can set the reminder on your phone to remind you a day before. If you want to know, you know, something something is happening on a specific date. Yeah, so there, uh, well, it depends on what time. Because, yeah, sometimes it allows you to set the reminder what time you want to be reminded. Um, because your insights are day-based, they're night-based, they're not necessarily time-based in terms of what time specifically. But mm-hmm. some things are like, you know, we in our in our Sitter app, we have a Zmanim notification. Some people want to be notified five minutes before Shkia that they have to dive at Mincha. Right. So that stuff is easier, but in terms of day-based stuff. That's very stuff, cool. Yeah. That's very cool, especially in your, you know, in your busy life. It's good to know that if you set it up once, you take the time to set it up, it will respond and it will help you, in, you know, ease in everything you do. Um, getting back to the apps for a second. So I um, I was looking for a Svirat HaOmer app that would not only remind me to say Svira at night, which, of course, you'll see, hear from the end of my story that I wasn't so successful finding a good Svira app, which is why... I no longer am in it to win it, but whatever. Um, I'm still going to celebrate Shavuos next week, so that's fine. Um, so I was looking for a Sphere app that would remind me um, to say it every night and would also give me the exact text that I needed each night so that I wouldn't have to look up the date if I didn't know the date. I wanted it to just sort of like pop up with a reminder and give me the words that I needed to say that night without really thinking about it. And I wasn't so successful finding a Sphere app that could do that for me. Is there a formula to the search? Like maybe I just wasn't searching the right way? Um, yeah. So um, it might be Google. I mean, sorry, Apple constantly changes their algorithms for what comes up first in the in the, uh, in the app market. Um, so sometimes it's not your fault as a searcher. Sometimes it's Apple's fault for them showing poor results in the search results for apps. Mm-hmm. Um I would say if you ever want anything Jewish, uh, you should definitely try just searching for Rusty Brick, one word. And usually we have one of the apps that you're probably looking for. We do have a Spheros or Omer app. Um, and obviously there's multiple ways to spell Spheros or Omer in English. So uh, Spheros or Omer. Right. So that's another thing, how, how people actually name their apps. And there's a whole – I could talk for a half hour just about how developers should go ahead and uh, you know write the descriptions and titles for their apps in terms of optimizing how they rank in, in app stores. Right, that's probably really important. So you're saying if I just search Rusty Brick, I'm I'm good. I'll find something very helpful. Hopefully, yeah. If not, let us know and we'll build it. Um, that's a good. That's good to know. If anybody has any ideas, they can email me at randy at nachamsegel.com and we will pass them over to to Barry at Rusty Brick. So uh, Mother's Day is coming up, and I was wondering if you had any great gift ideas for moms and wives out there. Yeah, um, so I, I'd, I'd assume most uh, wives and moms out there would probably want an iPad. Um, you know, there's the iPad hint, Mini. Hint, 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 hint. Yeah, there you go. Um, definitely, an iPad's a great idea. Um, the question is always, do I get the iPad Mini? Do I get the iPad full size? How I much think the other question is, if you have an iPhone, is an iPad extraneous to the iPhone? If you have a Kindle, is the you know, like I feel like people sort of think that that's a very expensive, extraneous thing to have. Right. So, yeah, it depends on the person. My wife has an iPhone and an iPad. Um, 
and she lives on the iPad. I mean, mm-hmm. she uses the iPhone a lot, but at night um, when she's doing her whatever on different networks and stuff like that or when she's looking up, you know, shopping things for buying new furniture or whatever it might be, she's always on the iPad doing it. Um, so it's definitely a great uh, tool to have. Um, I, I see women using it more often, you know, than, than men, and men use it all, all the time for business purposes as well. I personally have an iPhone. All, I had all, every single iPhone. I have two different iPads. I have the MacBook Pro. I have a lot of different things. And I don't find myself using the iPad that often mm-hmm. um, because I have everything all over me. And then I'm also getting the Google Glass, so that's going to be a bed in my face as well. Yeah, I have, um, to, I have to have you back on after you get the Google Glass, and we have, I have to hear more about that because the Google Glass is very intriguing to me. Right. It's so very we're, intriguing. We're, I'm very looking forward to building out Jewish technology within Google Glass. Yeah, that'd be very cool. That'd be very cool. And I know this this is just a little bit off topic, but since you were bringing up all your Apple devices, I've spoken about this before in some other uh, technology areas that I've spoken about on this show. Um, sometimes having too many devices can be a little bit confusing. Right. But they all Google and Apple do a great job in terms of syncing your devices and your apps to, to each other. They all have cloud, what's called cloud services, right. that basically will sync your apps, your contacts, your, 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 uh, your appointments and everything to all your devices, your photos and stuff like that too. So once you get that syncing hooked up on all the devices you have, then everything should just feel like one device. It's just like, all right, what do I have on me? What do I want to use? Do I want to use a bigger screen? Do I want to use a smaller screen? You know, it all depends on, on that. So once you get them synced up, um, it should be fairly fluid. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I've, that I've had a lot of trouble with is that I have a lot of different iTunes accounts. So that always gets very complicated. Yeah. Because the iTunes accounts don't mix very well. That, that, that's not, that doesn't work for me. Right. So now with Apple, there's an iTunes account, there's an iCloud account, and what happens often is that the family will share the iCloud account, and then your contacts will sync with your husband's contacts, right. with your child's contacts. Right. you really got to break out the iCloud accounts. That's the most important thing. That's one yeah, thing. I've heard 13-year-olds complain about that. Like, yeah, I'm on my dad's account, and now I have all my dad's contacts, and I can't, you know, I, I can't call my friends as easily because I have all my dad's contacts on my phone. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from kids. you got to break those out, yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the Bedtime Shema app. So we built this Bedtime Shema app um, back in November, December. Um, it's basically an app that helps um, children learn to say the Bedtime Shema and makes them want to because it's a fun app. It's like basically an animated um, routine for children to like brush their teeth, shut their lights, do, do the bedtime routine, as well as then obviously say, say the Shema, the Bedtime Shema. And usually it's one of these apps that you, you bring into the bedroom with a child um, or children and they sing it along with you. Um, usually it's done by the parents with the child or the grandparents with the child. And we get tons of emails from people saying, I look forward to it every night. My child's face, faces light up, and they're always looking forward to going to bed and using the app uh, and, learn, and saying the Shema with me. So it's one of those things to really help the children learn and, and say the Shema, shema, shema with, the, with the family, which is pretty nice. Um, the reason we built it was because uh, my mother uh, passed away um, in October, and we felt um, the family felt we all got together. The family felt it would be a great idea to do something. And one of many things is one of many things we've done to, you know, obviously make a tribute for her name and say her her name. And we went ahead and built this app um, in honor of her. It's free. It's a lot of work went into it, um, and it's been downloaded. I think probably I think over 25,000 times now. Wow. So, available on iPhone, iPad, it's available on Android devices and the Kindle, um, and it's completely free. And I'm sure if any, any of your readers are listening to it, just search for Bedtime Shema 
in any of the app stores or go to rustybrick.com slash iPhone or Android, and you'll be able to download the app for free and check it out. We'll love your feedback. Yeah, and, and basically the feedback that you've gotten so far is that people are finding that it's enhancing their bedtime Shema experience with their children rather than, you know, you may have had a naysayer who would have said, why would I want to bring the computer into my Shema routine? Why would I not want to be face-to-face? But you're saying that the feedback's been positive. It's very fun. It's not like replacing it. It's basically enhancing it because the children children are looking forward to saying the Shema with, with you. Right. It's animated. It's fun. And I'm telling you, the emails we get from people, like I can't tell you, we've had hundreds of emails from people saying, just watching my child's face light up while, or my grandchild's face light up when, I, when we do the app, when we do the app, Shema routine every night. It's just priceless. And getting emails like that make, make it worthwhile. We spent you know, a tremendous amount of time and money putting this together. And it's definitely um, something we're proud of. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. So, you know, yet another example of how technology really could enhance your your Jewish life and your daily life. Exactly. Um, I recently I saw in your uh, rusty brick news, um, 3D color art scroll Gemara. That was something new that came out this year. Right. So we launched um, with art scroll the art scroll app. Um, you know, several months before that, and then. We constantly are adding more and more features to the app, um, and one of the features is was to add 3D and color coding. So color coding basically will show you um, color coding of of basically you know answer, question answer proof statement, so that when you're, somebody's learning the Gemara, they're able to break it up into blocks and truly understand what they're learning in, in that format, because all Gemara goes in that format. Mm-hmm. Um, the 3D stuff is really useful. Specifically with the, uh, the DAF we're on right now with Aravin, it basically lets you, you know, not just see a picture, a flat picture of, you know, how the Aravin is, how tall it is and stuff like that, where it's located based on what the Gemara is describing, but it also lets you zoom into it, spin it around, look at the buildings, look at the architecture and how it's actually mounted and stuff like that. In a 3D view, we can actually see things and spin things around. I don't know if you saw the videos that we have there, uh, but it's pretty impressive what we're able to do uh, with our scroll when with the 3D stuff. And that's all your developers design that stuff? Yes. Um, we have... Um, so you have to actually be knowledgeable to, to design that stuff. You have to know a little bit about the Gemara to do that. So we work... Uh, so there's two things. One is our programmers program it so that it functions. So we actually have non-Jewish, some non-Jewish programmers working on it. Um, and the team at Artscroll, they actually also... They put, they put together the models. And we program the models to actually work. So it's obviously a huge collaboration between Rusty Brick and Artscroll. Artscroll, obviously, is they're the ones that actually know this stuff inside and out. They have their, their Artscroll scholars and uh, Mayor Pasnek, who's in charge of the Artscroll technology team there, who pieces it all together. He's basically the, the, the glue between my company that puts this all, that makes this all live, and the scholars at Artscroll that actually say how it should actually work. We've got to figure out a way that you could use this on Shavuos. Don't you think that would be so cool if you could use it? It would keep you up all night. Be great if you could use all this technology on Chavez, but I guess you have to unplug and you know. Yeah, there's some there, there's some merit to that too, for sure. But um, you spoke to me earlier about another way that you could enhance your Yuntif, which well, your Purim, which was um, with a Megillah app. Right. So we have this cute little uh, Megillah app. It's free again. Also, um, it basically lets you know it shows it obviously Megillah Esther to you, so you can read along. Uh, but the cute part is that you can actually shake the device. And it will start to play random noise-making things like uh, grogger or you know pop you know gun sounds or anything like a bunch of different sounds they could actually get 
and it will start playing those sounds while you say Haman. So you can say, I want the app to highlight when Haman's being said, and then you can actually shake the phone or press the button, and it will actually make all this noise. That's crazy. Yeah, it's funny because I, I go to random shul and I see people using it on Perm. I went to Israel a couple of years ago, and I saw a bunch of random people using it in some random shul that I was in. And it's funny because they sometimes forget to, like, not shake it when everybody's done. It doesn't they... really work when you shake it and it really triggers a noise when you shake your phone? Yeah, there's a feature in these devices called accelerometer that basically lets you detect how the phone is moving, uh, what orientation is. So if you can actually detect if it's being, uh, you know, moved back and forth at a rapid pace, we could actually trigger something to happen. That's wild. Yeah, it's fun. One day you're going to get it to, like, unveil smells and and stuff like that. Just like that guy who wanted a, uh, an app that figured out how much somebody weighs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I went to a, what was it, like a 4D movie, and my kids could not figure out why they were, like, smelling things. If, like, they were in a movie, like, they just couldn't figure out how that was happening. So one day we're going to have a phone that could do that, too. Yeah. So you could actually maybe even taste the dishes at the kosher restaurant that your phone is finding for you a block away, and you could read the description and actually taste the food, too. That is the goal of technology, embedding it into your everyday life as much as possible. That's very cool. Barry, anything else that you wanted to uh, to, contribute or to, to contribute to our discussion here about cool things you have in the pipeline? Um, on the app side, we're actually almost done. We're in the process of building a method for um, to create what we call an ad hoc minion. So if you're out and about, you're in JFK Airport, you want to dive in a quick mincha, the chances of there being another 10 male Jews in JFK Airport at the same time as you is probably very highly likely, uh, but nobody knows where to get together. So we're actually building an app that lets somebody create what's called an ad hoc, you know, spur-on-the-moment type of minion. They, they hit submit, and they specify the location and what time they want it to be, and it's going to go ahead and ping people who are in that area saying, do you want to make this minion, yes or no, and then it'll bring ten, these 10 people together at a certain location at a certain time to make this ad hoc minion. That's really awesome. Right. That's really so, awesome. Yeah, so that's one of the one of the ideas. We have a lot of things that we're, that we're working on. Uh, we even build out like synagogue software, shul software that has a lot of this technology embedded into it. Um, but it also helps the synagogue itself, you know, manage their membership. Manage, is that the uh, shul iCloud? The shul cloud? Called shulcloud.com. And what does that do? It's basically a cloud-based, web-based solution for synagogues to manage their their shuls, from membership billing to membership tracking to letting them build their calendar systems. Um, to making their websites for them. It's one basically hosted solution that lets them do everything they can imagine from Gabi management, your site reminders, um, to billing your members, to knowing who has upcoming um, alias that they need to get and stuff like that. So it's pretty sophisticated software, and we're constantly updating it. And it's very, very pretty popular. We launched it about uh, less than two years ago today, and we have well over 100 tools on the platform in less wow. than two years. Wow. That's great. That's really cool. Well, where can people contact you if they have, you know, silly, dumb questions about how these things work? Um, so just go to rustybrook.com. There's a big contact us link at the top right. They can just fill out the form, and we'll hopefully respond shortly. And uh, you welcome people's feedback about your awesome apps as well. Yeah, definitely submit us feedback. If you see anything you like or have any cooler ideas that you want us to build uh, to help the community, just let us know. We're always into building new and fun ideas to help the Jewish community you know, be Jewish and do their day-to-day stuff. Sounds very cool. Well, Barry, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll be back with some more something to talk about right after this.
Welcome back now to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelsky, and this is the Nachum Siegel Network. We've been talking Jewish tech, the Jewish tech scene, that is. And we've seen that despite ourselves, Jewish apps and Jewish software contain very useful tools that help us even enhance our daily Jewish life. You're listening now to the sounds of Kids Sitter. Want to sing Adon Olam and Yigdal with me? Okay, Shira, you start. That's Shira, my awesome sister. And Yoni, my little brother. Isn't he the cutest in the world? If you want the music to start, touch the speakers on my dresser. when you have a great idea and you're not a tech guy where do you go with that kid sitter is a brand new smartphone app what you've just been listening to developed by none other than cancer Natanel Hershtek. you've heard his name before he's the cancer of the hampton synagogue under the leadership of rabbi mark schneier his new app kid sitter aims to teach young children the basics of daily prayer while providing an interactive and entertaining educational experience through the use of music, animation, and touchscreen interaction, which you'll hear a little bit more about later, the KidSitter app offers a fun and engaging approach to learning the traditions of daily Jewish prayer. Now, Natana was a child soloist in Jerusalem's Great Synagogue with his father, Naftali Hershtik. He's performed all over Israel and has been recognized as an outstanding cantorial talent in the world of Jewish music today can't exactly say he's like you and me because he's very, he's so talented. And to boot, he also holds law degrees in both Israel and the U.S. So, Natanel, thank you so much for being here. Dare I ask, where does the Kid Sitter app fit into all of this? Um, the Kid Sitter doesn't fit in my professional life. Um, it came out of a need that I saw in my own life because I have little kids and I wanted them to have... I wanted to download for them something that is like uh, entertaining and that feels like a game and they want to do it, they love to do it, but it has a little bit of Jewish values and there was really nothing available. And I had a few um I had a few uh a few months that were empty in my schedule between performances, you know, other than um, performing the music and 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 preparing uh, and preparing the music for all kind of concerts, I did have you know some free time that I didn't have to uh, deal with other things, and uh, I I said you know what let's go for it. I want to do it myself, and I outsourced a lot of the work because I'm not a tech guy. <laughs> I had to outsource animation, I had to outsource uh, illustration, and then obviously the programming. Um, I did it in Israel with lovely professionals. The music I didn't have to outsource because I have it, um, I did it myself in my own little studio here in Teaneck. And um, and then I added my nephew's voice. 
my nephew Shlomo Zichel, which is a reality TV star in Israel right now, and uh, the famous Beta Sefer Musica popular That's TV so cool. show. That's so cool. So let's just backtrack a little bit because you just told us so much information and I, I want to understand the process a little bit more. So you, you have this idea, you have little kids, you want to give them something educational that's also fun that could teach them something that's meaningful. And where do you begin to, I guess you had a vision for what you wanted it to look like, what you wanted it to be. How did you decide where to go, who to, who to pick to help you build it? It was a process. It was definitely a process. It was a lot of uh, trial and error, and it was a journey. It took even much more time than I thought it will, and it cost much more money than I thought it will, too. But uh, thank God I was able to do it. I'm not doing it as part of my professional life, but I I really hope that I will be able to do more and um because I really think it's a platform that needs to be you know needs to be ours at a certain point. I think we missed the battle on TV. <laughs> I think we missed the battle on videos. And uh, other than Uncle Moishi's and a little bit of doo-doos, which are great, it's just not enough. And I invite everyone who can do it, just go do it. Because our kids, um, you know, they have so much amazing games in their phones. And, you know, this platform is so developing so rapidly. And it's so amazing. It amazes us. And, and our kids are interacting with this type of platform much better than us. They, yeah. they really, so it's just for them, it's like swimming in the water. Yeah. And one thing that I was discussing earlier with Rusty Brick was the ease of the iPad, the ease of the iPhone. How, I mean, I had my four-year-old daughter uh, looking at the kids that are app and she was able to, you know, press the arrows and press the clothing and, you know, all that kind of stuff by herself because it's also just such an easy usage for even the littlest kids. Yeah, but you'd be amazed that kids get the interactions much faster and quicker than parents who try to do it. Mm-hmm. Like to put the titties to drag it on the on on the on, on, on David's body, right? Right. So the brach on titties will start, and the interaction will will make the animation of the boy, of David, wearing his titties. That's something that kids get in a second, and, and adults when they try the app, they didn't they didn't they didn't get it. Right. So kids talk on this level and I believe that that if we if we cater them with with our values and with our with Jewish values in a very fun and interactive way we can really talk to them in in eye level and not you know we, we're not only sending them to schools we also want them to have something that supplements what they do in school for sure so I want them to love you know I think Rusty Brick is just you know an amazing developer since day one of of the iPhone he was there you know standing up to the task and uh, developed really very practical and just excellent products for you know for Jewish for for everything practical you need in Jewish usage from Megillat Esther to the Daily Sidur to to the kosher restaurants app. I mean, I, I've used this app since ge- first generation of iPhone. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to do here is not to be Rusty Brick the second. Right. Actually to do, to be Nathaniel Hershtik the first. You know, who is doing something for kids that is inspiring, that make, for instance, in this Kid Sidur app, what I want is to, for kids to love to daven. Not to teach them davening. They do it in school. I'm not here 
as a replacement of their teachers. You know, it's not like Allah, Yeshivat Atid, let's say goodbye to teachers, let's put softwares in, in front of them. I'm not trying to supplement whatever they do in school with this app. But what I think I'm doing here is to give your kids um, a different dimension and something that is fun and interactive and a positive usage of of these devices. And I think it's very important, you know, because we know that eventually in us living in a modern society, we cannot say goodbye to these right. to these devices, despite a lot of dangers that are waiting in every corner. But if we stand up to the challenge and we really develop things that are great, that are fun and interactive and musical and engages them, I believe that we earn, we score the, you know, a few, a few more points, you know, in, in Jewish education. And it's outside of school. It's not in school. It's It supplements what is done in school. What were some of the tools that you used to bring that message across? So you said there's interact, interactive. Right. So what are some of the games or some of the... Well, there's a trivia. There's like a brachas quiz, right? And, you know, there's like like we mentioned, like uh, some dragging of clothes. And when you drag a titis, obviously it activates the bracha of titis. And as, as soon as the, any bracha is involved, the sitter pops up to the screen and like in a karaoke, like, you know, for kids, let's say it's for early childhood. Not not every kid knows how to read, especially not Hebrew. Um, so it's like, like in karaoke, it follows the, the, the sound. Uh, each word is being highlighted as the kid says that word. Right. And there's also a choice. You can do it in Hebrew or in English, right? right? So uh, has the app taken off in Israel? Yeah. And yeah. in America too? Yeah. And people love it. And I don't know if the Americans are going to use the Israeli version. And I don't know if the Israelis are going to use the American version. But it's a very easy transition. Just one push of a button, you switch between the American and the in the Hebrew, um, dial, uh, the, 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 the English and the Hebrew. And you did all the music yourself. Yeah. So you played all the backgrounds. Yeah. All the instrumentals. That was the fun part. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that's the first thing I did. First, I did the songs. And then I decided how the app is going to look like. <laughs> and then you enlisted your nephew to come sing. Yes. And He um, recorded it in Israel, and I made the tracks here. But me go, when I went to one of my concerts in Israel, we spent some time in the studio just to... So he lives in Israel. Yes. And so were you very interested in finding somebody who could sing the tefillot with an Israeli accent? Well... Or was that just by accident? No, no, it's not by accident. I, um, you know, when you try to think about how many different dialects um, we have pronunciation the davening you have, mm -hmm. and you try to make this app accessible for everyone, so you cannot, you know, offer not only that you offer English, but you offer five different ways of saying Baruch Atah Hashem. You know, you can't. Uh, so I, I decided to leave it in the Israeli version. There's one version, and uh, instead of the version adapts to us to our uh, pronunciation, we will just uh, uh, maybe, be, because for me, Hebrew is the standard. I think that's Fada Kodesh, Lashon HaKodesh. Um, Hebrew is the golden standard. And, you know, forgive me if anyone in this broadcast didn't uh, realize I come from Israel. <laughs> you know, my Israeli accent is pretty apparent. Um, so um, so I, I, I thought that that's, that's the golden standard. So I might as well just leave it, you know, this way. I have, and, you know, what ends up happening is, because I've seen this in other sort of Israeli toys that my kids have played with um, that have Hebrew language spoken with an Israeli accent, is that they end up 
learning how to speak Hebrew properly, you know? Well, you know, I'm, I don't think that an American who goes to Israel and has a little bit of, uh, of an accent is not speaking properly, you know, and should be mocked and that, you know, um, and, and talk like with a ein and a het and, and, and a reish, you know, it sounds funny when they do it. You should be yourself. But the question is, when, you know, when I'm preparing an app, it's just, you know, it's a very practical issue. You know, we can't have five different versions, one for Satm Chsidim and one for Chabad Chsidim. And because this, ver- this app is, is not only meant to us, you know, living in Teaneck, let's say, you know, or, or the young Israel crowd. It's for It's everybody. universal. It's universal. It's for everybody. Yeah, and I, I think that there are schools who, who teach davening within Israeli dialect and there are schools who teach, so I think that, the golden standard would be, uh, that's what I thought. Maybe I just, I might as well just leave it in Hebrew. Right. And that would be the, the right one. What was the process by which, if there was a process, that you um, were able to find a young man to play the part on the on the app, the part of David? Oh, that was easy. First of all, in Hebrew, I had my nephew, which is, just, I, I think he's just a, a natural. I mean, he's just, he's a star. Clearly. And you know, it just in in if you heard the app in Hebrew, it's just adorable. And then I found, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, okay, I live in Tinek, I don't have a shortage of cute kids <laughs> with cute voices who speak right. English. But I happened, you know, to uh, to be in Israel already, and you know, I had my cousin. Um, um, I'm sorry, it's it's my nephew from my wife's side. They live in Hashmonaim. They recently did Aliyah, and he was just perfect for the task. And I was there already doing everything in the studio, so might as well. It was very cute. Um, Natanel, I'd like to take a, a little listen to some of the pieces on the on the Kids Sitter app. So let's just take a listen here. Ima, want to listen to the new Hamalach Hagol song I learned today in school? Beautiful selection over there, and you said that was a that was originally a Shlemy Dak song, right? Right. Um, so that that was very beautiful selection. To use the to use this song. So Natanel, I do have some feedback for you from my children. So <laughs> let's. Uh, I had an opportunity to speak with them earlier, and um, I want you, here here's what they had to say. 
did you think of the kid sitter? It's the best of all. What did you like about it? Um, it had Shabbat meals. Okay, and here's another one. Here's another review. It's very, 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 very fun and educational. <laughs> so those uh, are three kids who range in age from they're four, uh, seven, and nine. Right. Okay. And then um, I, I thought it said educational. That's yeah. Like, that's interesting. For sure. For sure. And then um, two questions were posed to you from ten-year-old, and uh, this is what he has to ask you. This is DJ. Why doesn't the kid sitter include the entire davening? Well, the answer is because it's not supposed to replace the sitter. It's not as a replacement for sitter. I don't want kids to sit and use it as their sidul. I want to supplement their, the davening experience. Sometimes we all, even adults, you know, we're looking for something that will inspire our davening. Not only just to say the words, but something that will give us, you know, will put a little bit of zest or life into what we do every day. And that was the purpose of the app, to make it fun, to make it something you love doing. Okay, and one more question from DJ. This is DJ's question. Are you going to make an acapella version for Sphira and the, the nine days and three weeks? That that would be very <laughs> uh, very savvy of me, you know, to, to, to have a, a Sphira version for the Cedar app. But you know what? I think that I can find you a few Hatterim to, uh, to do the Cedar app during uh, Sphira. I think I that can. would be a big task. Well, um, Natana, how can people find the app? What's the, what is the easiest way? Well, it's available in the App Store, uh, both on Apple App Store and on Google Google Play uh, Store. So just upon Kid Sitter search, you'll find it. Uh, the and name it's also of the, available on iTunes. It's available on iTunes, like the App Store, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, uh, and the name of the company, the name of the company I chose is Stick, right? Like her shtick, Stick. so. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, Mazal Tov on the new app. And, um, we, you know that we love it and we think it's great. And we hope that everybody goes and checks it out. And, uh, Kolakavo to you for taking an idea that you had and, and really bringing it to fruition. Oh, thank you very much for giving, uh, giving, uh, giving me the chance to be here and to talk about the app. And if anyone, of the listeners have any idea of what app I should do next to inspire the kids, please let us know. Okay, and if you have any questions um, or comments about today's program, you can email me at randy at nachumsegel.com. Thanks so much again to Natana for joining us today. Check out Kids Sitter app today. We hope we've given you something to talk about right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's give them something to